All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, the right-hand man, Lou. Lou, here we are. Another rendition of free agency. This time we foray into the NFC West. Another reminder to listeners, free agency officially begins when the new league year starts on Wednesday, March 15th. The legal tampering period begins on Monday, March 13th. It's already begun, the tampering portion of things. Obviously, they're just really good at keeping secrets. And if you don't, if you get caught, uh, shame on you. You will lose draft capital when all is said and done in the following year. That being said, NFC West is our focus. Lou, I'm going to pass the baton to you. Uh, Who are you going to begin with? Well, first of all, fuck you. For sticking me with the two teams uh let's tell our listeners real quick how we we come up with the teams that we cover we basically do a draft and uh you you stuck me with some bad teams so uh that being <laughs> hold on rewind pause rewind you got stuck with those two teams because let's not forget how you did me with the AFC West when you're uh, like, I'll go first yeah. and I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs like I would ever take the Los Angeles Chargers away from you. So I just returned the favor and <laughs> took the other team that you would want to you are a fine. Weston, you are a father. You should know two wrongs don't make a right. right. <laughs> I didn't say I was a good father. I just happened to be a father. Um, one who probably yells entirely way too much at children and dogs, but I love them all. Please don't take that the wrong way, listeners. I don't want to be canceled tomorrow. I'm going to hear a, a knock at the father. door and Dyfus is coming Yeah, to house. for real. Hey. And you're like, hey, let clarify, me get a shoes. I went to my child's school to read to their classroom this morning, right? That's the kind of guy that I am. Yeah, so uh, I will – reluctantly, I will start in the desert with the Arizona Cardinals. You, uh, hold on. I was just going to say, I didn't, do I need to start the clock? Are you just yeah. already done? Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, here we are. What, 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 what? Oh, I got to share. God, do you think this is the first time that I've done this? <laughs> there we oh, go. Oh, there, she there we is. go. There you are. All right, so I am the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, and we have $27 million in cap space. Looking at this team, this team is a mess. Uh, four out of my five starting offensive linemen are scheduled to be free agents. Our quarterback will be out for a chunk of games next year. Uh, our pets' heads are falling off. So I had a come-to-Jesus moment, and I realized we need a complete teardown, guys. Sorry, Cardinals Nation. Uh, we just can't be serious contenders with teams like the Niners, the Cowboys, and, and what have you. We're just we're just not there because we have so many holes. So my main goal this year would be maximize the trade value of DeAndre Hopkins to acquire draft capital. And also in the NFL draft, I am desperate to trade back to get more draft picks as well. Whether it's this year, whether it's next year, I don't care. I need draft picks so I can then get good, cheap labor, right? Um, that being said, I'm not going to be able to rely solely on the draft, you know, to acquire talent. I'm going to have to be selective on the talent I, you know, I do get. And I'm first going to start off with the ones, the talent I want to retain. And looking at the roster, there are two impending free agents I want to bring back and build around. 
Zach Allen, who had six sacks last year, he played well. I just can't afford to lose both him and J.J. Watt, right? So uh, he's a young, ascending pass rusher. He needs to come back. The other is Byron Murphy, um, who, I, who I like. His ability to play inside, outside, uh, it gives us a lot of flexibility. And that's what this Cardinal defense has always been about, is being versatile, right? It's important to bring back these two uh, for my defensive-minded head coach that we just got. <clears throat> Next, I alluded to uh, before that we have four offensive linemen starters that are pending free agents. I got to find help along the offensive line. I don't want your older players like your talented one or what have you. I need players that are proven but are still young enough so they can grow with our team. Guys I am looking to bring in, Caleb McGarry, Mike McGlinchey, or Jawan Taylor, they all fit that mold, right? Uh, contingency plans to those guys would be Isaiah Wynn or Nate Davis, right? Here you are, they're in their mid-20s. Uh, you have enough film to, uh, on file to see how they play, and, and, but they're young enough to grow with this team, like I stated. Believe it or not, I got to find a journeyman quarterback to fill in until Murray gets back from injury. So it's the same old, same old. It's your Jacoby Brissett's, your Teddy Bridgewater's. Uh, got to see if the Saints release Jameis, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, maybe, you know, Darnold. Those are the guys I'm looking at uh, to be spot stars. They're going to need to come to me as much as I need them because they need to show and forecast, you know, their playing ability. So maybe next year they can get a starting gig, right? Cause these are all fringe starters just looking to get some playing time. Less. I need to find an identity. Now I can't fix all the problems I have on this team in one year. There's just too many. So I need to focus on one side of the ball and on that side of the ball, I'm really focused on being fixated on the defensive side so we can really support our new defensive minded head coach and run his scheme. So this year is all going to be about bringing, uh, you know, you know, it's going to be focused on the draft and bringing in Gannon's guys, guys that can, he feels like can run his scheme, that are good fits, and that can, you know, translate to to some sort of identity with the Arizona Cardinals. Because right now, we are we're a team in flux. I, I hate to say it, but well, I will tell our fans this too shall pass because we still have a young quarterback, and. This is a league. Either you have a quarterback and you don't, and we still are firm believers that he, we have a talented quarterback. And that's it. I'm off the clock now. Yeah, I mean, listen, phrase of the day. Can't look around the NFL and tell me a team needs to rebuild more than the Arizona Cardinals right now. I think the complexion looks a little bit different just for the mere fact that, like, your prize possession, your – your franchise quarterback is going to miss a majority of the season based on when his injury took place. Like that's a huge deficit. Um, so the, the mentality has to be what assets do we have that we could get assets in return for younger, cheaper build, um, you know, and you're forward thinking like, what are the next three years look like and how we're adding to it? I just think you're, you're square out of the mix. Um, and the Murray thing looms large, right? Like, I think, do I think Kyler Murray is the best quarterback in the NFL? No, I don't. Do I think he's a competent quarterback? Yeah, I do. And I think his skill set alone accounts for an extra two, three wins in a season just based on what he's able to do. And now you don't have that, right? And you're void of talent in a lot of areas. Just punt. Just, yeah, just, just punt. punt. Just punt. It's it's the prudent move. And hopefully, 
you know, those were the conversations that were had between yourself and Gannon coming over, right? Like is it's like the Dan Campbell thing all over again. The the new fad is that five, <laughs> six year contract for for the your your new coaches. But like the Detroit Lions gave Dan Campbell that time, right? Like and and look how we can like that was a really bad roster, right? And a really young roster. And Gannon's kind of inheriting the same. So could be exciting time for the Cardinal fans, but it's got to be low expectations is when all is said and done. Like you're, I know you're only a year removed from being in the playoffs, but that was a different team, different time. Um, things are just drastically different right now in the desert. All right. I'm going to jump in. I'm torn on where I want to go. So I'm just going to take the Seahawks. And the reason why I'm torn is you non GM hat on Lou, you know how I feel about the Seattle Seahawks and every team in this division. GM hat back on Seahawks have a lot to be excited about starts with, Hey, we got $23 million in cap space. And we just came off of a playoff appearance from a season where everybody wrote us off, right? After the Russell Wilson trade, this team won't win five, six games, you know, it's, and, and here you are like Geno Smith had glimpses throughout. Here's the reality. My team is flushed with an embarrassment of riches. Thanks to trading Russell Wilson. Made the playoffs last season. We still draft fifth overall coming into this draft. We have two first rounders, two second rounders, and we have five picks in the overall top 90 this year. The moral of this story, we will be aggressive in free agency and we will get younger and cheaper better and better through the draft, which makes this a really dangerous team in the NFC. So back to those draft picks. I know we're talking about free agency and I know we just signed Geno Smith to a long-term deal. But that's not going to preclude us from sniffing around first round quarterbacks this year, right? Gino's contract is not necessarily unfriendly to the team. If he doesn't prove his weight again, like we can move on for it and move on from it. And a perfect bridge when all is said and done, and it's a bring in one of those rookies. But what I'm really thinking, my mentality is I want to slide back, I want more assets, right? I want to add more youth and capable youth to this team, even if it's securing those assets next year versus this year, right? So we're in a similar position where maybe we have four or five picks in the top 90 again. Um, Last year, so here's where we need to improve right now, and I I think we can do that through free agency. We heavily invested on our bookend tackles last year in the draft. Played really, really well for us. Now it's time to get better in between the tackles. I'm really looking at the center position when push comes to shove. Is this an opportunity for us to reunite with an, a former draft pick of ours, Ethan Pochett, or perhaps a Bradley Bozeman? Can I get stability under center um, or as I at the center position is where, what I'm looking towards. Now I got to flip to the defensive side of the ball, though. The run defense was horrible last season. With, with this expendable money, I'm looking at two former Eagles. I'm looking at Fletcher Cox and or Javon Hargrave don't care which one but we need to solidify the the middle of that defensive line I know Hargrave's going to cost a penny but he's a heck of a player and in my opinion he's probably worth what he's going to command but I also thinking about kicking the tires on somebody like Levante David think about when this defense was its best. The, I know we had the Legion of Boom, but what is often slept on is we were studly at the linebacker position as well. KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner. You know, can we? We got Brooks right now. Good, good player. I know he's coming off the injury, but can we bring Levante in as well 
um, to help solidify things. And then I'm really looking at some veteran depth um, at, at corner, right? Like Marcus Peters or Jonathan Jones. I know I love my rookies. Thought Kobe Bryant played admirably and he was thrusted out there. Tariq Woolen looks like a diamond in the rough, right? Like he looks like a stud, but can I get some veteran, veteran, proven veteran depth that God forbid something happens to one of these people, it's plug and play, right? And they want to come and they want to compete. If I flip back to the offense, I think it's an opportunity to even add another veteran slash weapon. These names that we keep sounding out, Nicole Hardman, DJ Chark, they definitely interest me. Look, Tyler Lockett's getting closer to that long in the tooth. I know he's still highly productive, but we're probably at the point where we're going to be hitting the back nine. Can we have another guy that can take the top off or add a new wrinkle or dimension to the offense? And here's the last thing that I actually am thinking about doing. I need to approach Jamal Adams about a restructure, but if he's not up for that, I'll cut him. $9 million immediately recognize that I can go spend. He's certainly not played up to the billing of the two first round draft picks that we've given up for him. And those are behind us now. That's not a, a plague that's ahead of us that we got rid of. That's in the rear view mirror. So if he's not amenable, we move on. You know, um, it's that simple. I, I, and then we go, we go again back to the youth movement. A lot of picks, a um, lot of attractive safety talent out there. And, and we we have the the funds to do such. So Seahawks, like, honestly, it was all doom and gloom last year when Russell went away. I, I think the excitement has been brought back into the, the building there. There's a lot to look forward to for the Seattle Seahawks. You didn't start yeah. the clock, motherfucker. I didn't start the clock, but I didn't touch five minutes. I didn't even Actually, touch five minutes there. Actually, you just hit five minutes. I was, I was uh, looking at my own clock right here. All right. So, all right, so a couple of uh, feedback. First and foremost, yeah, I don't think see. I think Seattle did a great job of uh, retaining Geno Smith, but not locking themselves long term. And I don't think they should really uh, shy away from getting a signal caller if one of them were to fall to them where they are in the top ten, right? But if yeah, not, they don't have to, they don't have to press the issue. But if, if they you, should be so fortunate, take advantage of your fortunes. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you know that being said, if that's not the case, Pete Carroll is a trenches guy. Right. And they started the trench movement to replenish the trench movement last year with the bookend tackles. You're right. They do need to address uh, the interior of the offensive line and also the defensive line as well. One name that I think would be interesting because I feel like the Seahawks have been nonstop taking advantage of the Broncos since the Super Bowl they played them in. Why not bring in Draymond Jones? Yeah. Right. I think that would be a perfect fit you know, for him there. They have the money to do so. They need more pass rushing uh, capabilities. They team him up with one of the pass rushers in the NFL draft in the first pick they have, and boom, there you go. Now you have a secondary that can that plays well with the front, uh, you know, front seven. They are probably going to look into add a, a veteran uh, linebacker. Talks have been said that like they might bring back Bobby Wagner, uh, reunited uh, with with him. Uh, but Levante David does feel, also fit that mold as well. <clears throat> And you're, you're right about Lockett. He's still great, but I feel like they're not going to go because they're don't forget their identity. They are a run first team, right? So they're not going to spend money. I think uh, a big time free agent. That's just not their style at, at the wide receiver position, right? Uh, never has, never will be. 
I think they go to the draft and get get one of those shifty receivers. And I could picture them possibly looking at like a Jordan Addison uh, out of USC or even like a, a JSN out of Ohio State if they wanted to draft in the first round or what have you, or even a Zay Flowers, right? Just just so, just someone from, you know in the first two rounds of the, of the draft uh, to to address the contingency plan of Lockett. But you're right; they do have an embarrassment of riches. They got money. They got draft capital. Uh, the only thing they're they're missing is the consistency of the quarterback position. Not saying it's bad, but sometimes Geno Smith looks good, other times he doesn't. So you go from yeah. there. This team is predicated right now, going into 2023. How does Geno perform? Right, like the, all teams, they go as the quarterback goes. Last but year they, he yeah. performed admirably. Can he keep? If he even is the same exact quarterback he was last year, there's an opportunity to continue to improve this team. And in a weaker NFC, they're going to be competent, they're going to be competitive, and they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. Yeah, and you know what? This year is different because they can build more around Geno. Yep. They have the resources to do so. All right. Next up, Los Angeles Rams. The Ramily. I'll reset the clock for you. Okay, thanks, man. So I am the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams. I'm currently $16 million over the cap. It's crazy. I went from fuck those picks to I'll fuck you for some picks. Uh, It's a fire sale to get under this cap. I I realize what's going on. Uh, We had a great run. We won the Super Bowl. We did what we wanted to do. And now it's a fire sale, like I said. So Jalen Ramsey, Allen Robinson, Leonard Floyd, they all must go. Moving on from those players can save me anywhere from $27 million to $42 million, depending on who I get rid of, right? And I know it's time to pay the piper and retool, and we could lose eight starters from our defense this year, which is crazy. So I'm being selective of who I'm bringing back. So right off the bat, I'm I'm trying to bring back Taylor Rapp. I liked his back-end play at the safety position and what he provided me last year and the years prior. Uh, I'm bringing back Greg Gaines. And I'm bringing back both of these players due to their age and the familiarity with the scheme. To address the rest of the defense the defense in our depth, I'm looking at their second and third waves of free agency. And pay, perhaps players that are either a little longer in the tooth, right, or just because of the current draft landscape will not be as valued as much. So I'm talking about Kyle Van Noy, Matt Ioannidis, David Onyemata, Von Bell, Cameron Sutton. These are players that can still provide some value but might not strike a big payday because of the draft and where the draft is so deep. However, you know, I'm still the general manager of the Rams. And I'm still in Los Angeles last time I checked. So I got to do something crazy. So that being said, after shutting all that salary cap and getting some of these value players, I'm going – to get the biggest name edge rusher in the free agent market this year. And I'm going for Marcus Davenport. Uh, the reason being is because he's still young. He's, he's still talented. He's raw. Uh, I, I think he can grow with our team with this retool movement, right? So that's why I'm bringing back Marcus Davenport. I'm, I'm trying to get uh, Marcus Davenport uh, free agent from the Saints. And believe it or not, don't kill me. I want to bring back Baker Mayfield. I thought he played really good for us. When he's thrust in the starting quarterback role, I think he's going to fit McVay's system really well. I would tell I would tell Baker Mayfield this: Listen, sign a two-year deal with me, right? 
I know you're going to be a backup next, you know, this year with, you know, Matthew Stafford, but his health is always in question. So you still have some playing time available to you this year. But what I will do for you next year, if you sign a two-year deal with me and I shed from all this cap, I will build around you and I will make you relevant again. And I, and I will then get you a, a big payday then when I can afford to move on from Stafford. Why not stay in Los Angeles? The weather, you know, the weather is great. Uh, you know, you can build your brand out here and we have the resources here to, to make another quick run at a Super Bowl. This isn't a complete teardown. This is just out with the old and with the new type of thing. And we have the means and the wherewithal to do so. So I would sell, I would pitch Baker Mayfield on that pipe dream. And that's it. You know, I find the Rams to be in a very interesting spot. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm close to their chatter, being that our teams are in the same division. And you got two schools of thought. You got some that are like, just burn it. Just burn it, right? Like, we we push the chips all in. And not that they're in a position to push the chips all in, but they really do have a lot of, like, tradable assets. I love the Davenport. No, um, note there because we haven't even mentioned his name talking about Marcus Davenport covering all of these teams. The the point to make here is like you said, like this is not a Von Miller where you push all in to go get a, t- a big name and a big splash on a rental, right? Like same with like Odell when they did that. This is more like, nah, like you're part of the restructuring that's going on, right? We we believe in that. So here is a four or five-year contract, not just a significantly high one-year rent you because we're back in, um, back at it. Um, they're just in an interesting spot because, like, they have some assets that they could really probably move and get a lot for, but you got to make that decision because if you make that decision next year, if you perform the same way as you did last year, like – they're not as valuable, right? So, like, what do you do? And and I really commend you for the the Baker Makefield out like outlook of stay here, bide your time, regain your health, be out of the spotlight a little bit, right? Like you'll get learn the learn the offense, learn the offense, and look what I did with Jared Goff, right? Like look what I was able to accomplish with him, right? Like I I think I can accomplish the same with you. And you'll see, to your point, over the next year, two little piece here, a little piece there, another piece here, right? We let's build around you. And then if you're McVeigh, you're like, all right, do I have my quarterback? You know, for the next three, four, five years, um, and one less thing to worry about, right? Because if ba- Baker leaves and Stafford gets hurt again or doesn't have a highly productive year next year, it's now who's under center? Yeah. So 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 re- real quick. You don't tear it down when you have a talented head coach like, you know, McVay. You would never tear, tear, tear it down with Tomlin. You would never tear it down with Belichick, right? I'm not, I'm not, I know he's not in those tiers, but he's right below. So you don't, you don't re, you know, you don't tear the whole team down with that. You retool with a, with a talented coach because you know he's your long term answer, McVay. Well, didn't you just I, say I, you tear a, it down a, with Sean Payton? Is he not in that same threshold? It's, it's different. It's different. It's different so, because you said it's different. That, but I saw Baker Mayfield live against when he went when the Rams played the Chargers. His, I feel like he's Taylor made for this offense. This, you're on mute, dude. You somehow muted yourself. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, but he's Taylor made uh, 
you know, for for this for this offense. And you know, the bootleg play action, he's athletic enough to do so. He has a great ball placement. And I, I think he would thrive in the McVay system. But Weston, I'm having technical difficulties. Why don't you go to the Niners next? And I'm gonna Yeah, up. I'm gonna keep this at five minutes. You're gonna hear the crow, um, the crowing of the rooster for sure. Let me go ahead and start the clock and talk about my team. 6.4 million in cap, finished the year 13 and four last year, coming off a second straight NFC championship appearance, unfortunately, with the same result. The biggest looming topic for the 49ers right now is that the QB woes and conversation just continue. And it's just a different conundrum this time, right? Except this year, it's more about Trey Lance or Brock Purdy versus Jimmy G or Trey Lance. What we do know is Jimmy's not coming back. We, we do know that, confident in that. But I honestly think this is more complicated than the media really makes this out to be. Brock Purdy is actually having surgery today on his UCL. The surgery is going to determine the time frame that he's out. To start the 2022 season, we handed the keys to Trey, said this is your team, and we were going to let him play and go through those growing pains. Unfortunately, injury took over, right? Jimmy had to come back in. Injury took over. We saw what Brock could do, and it looked really competent in this offense, like um, moving the ball, et cetera. But let's not overcomplicate this. It's, it's still Trey's team going into 2023. It's made it easier by the fact that Brock is probably not even going to be able to participate until we get closer to the start of the season anyway, recovering from the surgery. But let's, again, that's what it is. It's Trey's team moving forward. Do I want us to pursue Lamar Jackson? I'd love to, but I'm very logical as a general manager. Um, and we'll talk about where my logic comes into play in, in just a moment. But we do not want a repeat of what we saw in the NFC Championship game last year, where we just had nobody to go to. And if this Brock thing takes a little bit longer than anticipated, if it needs to, they're in there and it needs to be Tommy John, well, we need to have a game plan. We need a veteran. The veteran to me that sticks out the most that I think is amenable to this offense um, is Marcus Mariota. Can we, can we bring him in to, to be a vet? That's the guy that I'm looking at. Priority number two, long-term extension for Nick Bosa. Um, it just, it just needs to happen. It frees up a lot of money because that fifth year um, rookie contract is hitting right now, unless I can do the unthinkable and they want Bosa as part of a Lamar trade. I'm in, believe it or not, I'm in. Um, but then I'm thinking about how do I get more money? So I'm looking at Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, George Kittle, all as possible restructure opportunities I'm less inclined to do this with Armstead because to me that's just kind of the way his contract is structured. It's just kicking it down the road and I'm going to have to address this problem all over again. You know, like maybe we just eat it right now, but these other guys who are our core, there's an opportunity to free up $20, $25 million between some of these guys right now that puts us in a position to spend. Right tackle's a need. Um, I know I just re-signed Colton McKivitz, but we're set to lose McGlinchey. Um, I think we have an opportunity to invest more with some of the money that will inevitably become available through some restructures and a BOSA contract. Um, names like Donovan Smith again. You mentioned this individual before. Jawan Taylor, young, carries some appeal. Have to think he's probably a little bit more talented than, than Colton McKivitz. We have a lot of our own free – well, let me let me talk here. I think it's an opportunity to add some more depth at edge based on some people that we're, we're losing, um, but to get some competency across from Nick Bosa as well. Like, what about an agent, Justin Houston? Is he available? Or do you go bigger? Do you do you kick the tires on Frank Clark and let him come compete again? Or Jadavion Clowney, somebody like that that can be opposite of Bosa, which we've had 
you know, Drake Jackson's de um, development is, is pending here, but what we've proven is we've always put depth into our defensive line and it's always bowed very well for us. So we'll continue around that mantra. We have a lot of our own free agents though, Lou, this happens when your team's good and competes, right. And contracts expire and you have a lot of depth across your team. Um, I wish we could bring them all back. I really do. I love a lot of these people on, on our list. I've grown personal relationships with them. Again, I'm John Lynch. But the people that stick out to me the most that I, I, I need to scratch the surface on are Jimmy Ward, Tashawn Gibson, Emmanuel Mosley, Charles Amenahu, Samson Ibakam, right? Are we getting all five of those guys? No. But if I can get three of the five in some combination, that's the talent that I, I'm looking to retain. Which brings me to my final point for the 49ers is going into this draft. This is how I need you to understand that this team is still continuously playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. We have a lot of depth on this team, always have. That's been a suit for us. We plan for these th the, the, the movement of these individuals years in advance. Drake Jackson's now going to be in year two. We did this when Lincoln Tomlinson left and Aaron Banks comes in and fills admirably. admirably. We let Alex Mack go and retire, and then Jake Brendel, right? There, there are backup plans in place, and sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't. So the final point that I'm going to make here is, Lou, we just were awarded seven compensatory picks. Seven. Gives us 11 overall picks in this draft. 11 people are not making this team. Gives you a lot of flexibility because you can trade your compensatory picks now. I'm not even saying we're trading them. Traditionally, this staff, myself included, we got to get better at drafting in rounds one and two. We haven't been great at it when all is said and done in terms of like immediate contribution where we've been really good isn't drafting in the third round and drafting in the fifth round. We have found unsung heroes like a George Kittle, like a Dre Greenlaw, like a Fred Warner. I can continue to go on and on down this list. We have three third round picks at the back half of the third round. We have three fifth round picks. Um, you litter in a sixth and, and, and a couple sevenths. And there you go. Those are, are your 11 picks. So, we're still on a youth movement. We're still looking for players that you can almost redshirt based on when you pick them. And we can be really picky about those players that fit our culture and fit and fill gaps and what we're trying to do. And I think that's just shown how prudent and patient Kyle and I have been regarding this team and the future of this team. And it gives us a lot of flexibility when I look at Trey Lance and I look at Brock Purdy and combined, they combine for less than 4% of our entire salary cap right now. Yeah, that's used that you have two, uh, you know, young rookie uh, quarterbacks, you know, you know, rookie contract quarterbacks under, under, uh, you know, under um, on your team right now because that is allowing you to have such a deep team from a skill standpoint. I actually have the perfect quarterback for you, to to bring in for you guys next year. This guy named Tom Brady, right? You ever hear of him? <laughs> so apparently he grew up now. Okay, uh, all kidding aside, why not? Hear me out, Weston. Why not bring in Mike White? That would be a perfect, maybe in case Purdy's not available, in case Trey Lance needs, you know, is uh, perhaps a game or two he misses in the beginning of the season. I feel like Mike White can get you those spot starts with that roster and just be, you know, good enough to not lose a game, right? He might not win it, but he might not, he won't lose it for you guys either. I think that would be a good. A good and he's not gonna command top dollar, right? No, and no. you know the Jets are have no need for him anymore because they're you know any second now they're getting Aaron Rodgers and they're gonna have Zach Wilson as the backup. So 
how big is Mike White's market? He's good. Like I said, I think that'd be a perfect compliment to you guys. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I like Mike White. Always have. Um, I think to me, this is dependent upon like what atmosphere I want to create and what quarterback we're really thinking. I won't tip my hat that we're really thinking is a long-term answer. The reason why I use a, a, a body like Marcus Mariota is I feel a similar offensive style and game plan being coached for Trey Lance and Marcus Mariota, right? You, you, don't have to, your, you just tipped your hat there. <laughs> well, you don't have to deviate from the plan where a Mike White, an Andy Dalton, somebody else, right? Like a Sam Darnold might come into play is if we think Brock Purdy is the long-term play. Again, similar offense. I think people like Kyle, Sean McVay, these younger guys, when they're in their bag, they're, it doesn't, it, honest to me, it almost feels like it doesn't even matter who's there, right? Like, it's just like, they're just calling people wide open. It's just a matter of like, which offensive scheme do you want to, do you want to, have consistency around and continue to call. Like, I think that's why Brock Purdy had such a natural transition because it really, Kyle didn't have to deviate from the Jimmy G plan that he had been instituting over the previous eight, nine weeks. It was plug and play. And then the curtain was unveiled like, oh, we could do a little bit more with this guy. He's a little bit more mobile in the back, right? He can buy a little bit more time. He's got a little bit more creativity to him. But it was the same game plan, man. It was the same game plan. There was no read option or anything going on. It was literally the same game plan. But when Trey went down, it was you spent all this time in the lab building everything for Trey, and then you're like, ah, I got to go backwards, right? Like I got to go back to the Jimmy, you know, condensed playbook, if you will. Um, doesn't let me open it up. So it's just a matter of which route we want to go. But I don't disagree with the Mike White philosophy. I just think if I'm looking for consistency and continuity. Like, who do I really think is the guy, right? And honestly, right now, mm-hmm. I know the Purdy injury makes – GM hat off, Purdy injury makes it obvious, but I still think even – Purdy had to get to the Super Bowl to erase all of that doubt, right? Had to. And now it just – like, the decision's made for you and it's made easier because of injury, et cetera. But I still always – and I said this how many times last year, right? Like, Purdy's got to get to the Super Bowl. And then you say – this this I'm sorry, like this played out the way it is. It's his team, but uh, it, it, I still think that based on what they've invested, how they feel about Trey, the the way the young man carries himself and behaves, like he's still going to get the, the next opportunity. Yeah, uh, to, looking at your roster, the two moves I think two areas you need to uh, really address. I think you have to really look into trying to bring back Al Sheer, right? Uh, I love the trio of them together. I know, how they, it's, it's just it's just like poetry in motion. He might price himself, at, you know, out of San Francisco, and he deserves it. Um, so if you can somehow, some way, you know, appeal to him that hey, we're a contender. You're part of this amazing defense. Why leave for greener pastures? It's not always greener on the other side, type of thing. Hopefully, you can bring him back. And also, you got to continue building upon this. Offensive line, you know, McGlinchey is, is, is most likely, you know, gone. Uh, Brendel, he's a free agent. Um, th- that's two starters right there. And I know, you you know, there's some other guys you can, you know, put in there. But I would feel a little more comfortable adding a little more co- competent depth uh, along the offensive line, you know. Yeah, I, so. I don't disagree. I, listen, love Aziz, right? I, I think yeah. he's – I'd love he's to fantastic. keep him. 
He's gonna get. I mean, so is Warner. So is Greenlaw. But Aziz hold on. Gonna... Here, here's here's the thing that the, the linebacker free agency is, is robust this year. So maybe. Yeah. He's... But just re- keep in mind who we just lost. Our defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, you think he brings him over? I, there is no doubt in my mind. He's ending up in one of two places. He'll end up in New York or he's ending up in Houston because these are defensive-minded coaches that saw him play firsthand and were part of the decision process of getting him onto the field. I'd love to retain him. But this is what the 49ers do. I'm telling you, dude, they have – I'm going to give you a name that you've never heard of, McCrary Ball. Just, just remember that I said that name. They got another guy that played on the practice squad all year, didn't get burned, but you'll see he's going to be – is, is he Aziz Alshir? No, but is there going to be a huge drop-off? I really don't think so. Um, you know, Same with center. Like, I'd love to keep Brendel. I think it's a priority. Um, but they got some guys, like just these guys that they've been able to retain and prioritize on their practice squad because they have all of these picks, right, that they can just take these flyers on these late-round guys, and they're, they've been fortunate that they've panned out, right, in some capacity, and you can plug and play them, Um Spencer Burford, who played all season at right guard, you know, um, again, a late round pick that that just because they can be cautious and because they don't, they just can take these flyers at the the end because the team is deep, right? Like, again, 11 players, if they use all 11 picks, these guys aren't making the team. Four or five of them are making the roster. Another two or three might sniff the practice squad um, so they can can be really selective. the thing that scares me the most for the 49ers is the ascending Seahawks. It, it honestly, other than that, like the way this division's going, I'm not losing sleep. Um, I, I'm not really concerned with who's under center. I mean, I am, but like if it's either or, I think that there's enough talent around around them to continue to to at least push for the playoffs again, right? Like I know the goal now is to compete for the Super Bowl, right? Because that's what we're falling shy of of two years, but. Yeah, you know, they're in a competitive spot. I, I digress, Lou. We've taken up so much time on free agency at, at this point. Um, fair to say that probably wraps us up for free agency at this moment. I would say so. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It's been a pleasure. On to the draft, as they say. We're going to get in the lab, build a little. This was a different strategy for us on the clock and acting as the GM, and we want to do something around um, the draft. So we got some homework to do on players, et cetera. And we'll be back with our our draft coverage and content in in short order. But, Lou, as I always do, rely on you to tell everybody where they can find us. At WTFPodNFL on Instagram and Twitter and Wesson with the YouTube. We're talking football podcasts. Like, subscribe, sign up for the notifications. The offseason is a fun time. Gives us an opportunity to bring a lot of content for you. And more shorter videos like this. We're getting away from the two-hour format. Um, We're going to look for that 30 to 40 minute sweet spot for you to make it a little bit more digestible. But until next time, sir, adios.